1: Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set.
2: We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your host, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go.
3: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. This is episode 563. Even though Apple no longer numbers the episodes and Spotify doesn't number the episodes, so I don't know if I should still be numbering the episodes at the top of the show, Scott. We've been doing that for 500 plus episodes, so I'm, I'm pot committed at this point. You know, it's it's hard to teach a old dog new tricks, but I, I did it. So if, if someone was like, oh, I didn't listen to episode 562, I got to go back and listen. I know I'm listening out of order. Now, I might just drop it all together. Hi, Scott.
2: What's up? Yeah. So, so now we, I mean, I think we should get credit for these, for these, uh, for these 560 plus episodes that are happening here. Now, Apple doesn't want to tell us that they've done that. That's fine. I think we should still uh, feed the beast, keep it consistent. Let's go.
3: Is this, I got a question right off the top. Is this the luckiest mediocre baseball team? In history, because the fact that they've turned three triple plays and it's not even the end of June yet, and we hadn't seen a triple play in over a decade, and two of them have been with Chapman on the mound in bad situations, looked like the Yankees were going to lose those games in the ninth inning, and then the triple play saved their asses. Two it's of pretty, them around it's the horn. horn.
2: Yeah. Around it's the horn. Like, I mean, hit, hit to the most perfect spot you could possibly hit for a triple play to happen with Jurischall essentially standing on the bag yeah. when the ball comes to him. So yeah, I mean that's that's some lucky stuff when that happens. It's it's uh it's pretty ridiculous, but as they say, better to be lucky than good and in in small spurts or in in spurts and on occasion uh you know when when you when you look at the calendar so far this year, that's what that's what this has been. They've they've been good in Small spurts. They've been good in bunches, um, but you know what? Hopefully, that's a sign. Hopefully, that's a sign because if there is a little bit of luck, if there's a little bit of magic, if you will, uh, behind this team, then I hope it. I hope it stays with them and it shows up later in the season because you can't explain three triple plays. I'm sorry, you just nope. can't do it.
3: No, nope. everyone always jokes. Oh, need a triple play here, and then the Yankees have gotten it three times. The second one with with Mike King on the mound in in Toronto. That was like a, just a, a breakdown of a play. Is like. A five, six, one, two, three, triple play. It's like okay, fine. Those are just sort of fluky and random. I I don't know what what. This is just random, right? This is just a fluke. One of those you can't predict baseball, Susan moments, right?
2: There's nothing about the. This I, is, it was, I, it's, a, it's a tailor made. It's a tailor made double play to Gio Urshela. That's normally what would happen. With two Taylor runners made, on. With two runners on. That's exactly <laughs> <no odds. laughs> right. So I you had saw the, someone they had asked, the ability to do this. I saw
3: someone ask on Twitter, is there something about the way baseball is played now that is causing more triple plays? And I don't think there's more tri- like, it's not like every team is turning two triple plays a week. I think this is, I know just, this is just a fluky thing with the Yankees. It's very lucky because last night Chapman, he, I saw where that inning was going. We've seen that Chapman before he threw seven out of eight balls to start that inning. That was going to be a sort of let's walk the bases loaded and then hope I don't. Walk another guy to t- to give up the tying run, and so the and his reaction, you could tell he was like, "Well, got away with one there. All right, I'll take it. Why not?"
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, that's exactly your reaction should be if there's a triple play turn behind you. You you like thank thank you whomever whomever was uh, gracious enough to give me that ground ball on the bag for Geo. That is uh that is that is great luck. But again, taking that as it is, I feels like there is some semblance of something behind this team uh, that shows up. In big situations, so I'm happy. Two out of three with Oakland. I you guys caught up with Luke on the Friday fives. I've been in Vegas uh, since Wednesday. Took black a red eye home death. Saturday night. Yeah, But uh, pretty much a black hole at that point. And and while while out there, I was blacked out because apparently Vegas and the San Francisco ways. NBC in more ways than one. <laughs> yeah, for the Oakland series was right was blacked out uh, over the weekend. So. That was a that was a strange thing. So I was watching uh, all, all the games after they happened. And, Man, wait, uh, so hold on. So up.
3: baseball considers it
2: Vegas, makes no sense. It makes no sense.
3: Isn't Vegas closer to L.A. than it is the yes. Bay Area? Also, Significantly. it's a different state. You're. T- it's like they're well, assuming people in Las Vegas are going to be. I
2: would I would argue that Arizona Diamondbacks would be the local team over another team or uh, maybe geographically in Texas there's a team that that is uh, you know around there t- no i, I got i'm thinking of my texas uh, my, my my texas geography and i'm missing i'm pretty sure everything's more central into the state right the, and 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 east of in texas not west oh yeah they're, they're not close to the- it's the diamondbacks i would think would be the local team or yeah san diego la not san francisco bay area which is exactly where they were playing the game that's Where the game was being displayed, and we didn't at the hotel, I didn't even get that channel, so I was there was nothing I could do besides if I the only thing I could do was like download an, uh, an IP scrambler or VPN, go get VPN in, and, and somehow catch the game. But that's you start doing that, and all of a sudden, trust me, it was not within my capacity. <laughs> all all, the the system, system. all of a sudden, all of a sudden, too what? much, too many things happening.
3: Go to sports book, you, you could have gone to the win sports book.
2: I could have gone to the sports book, but that was also a dedicated place uh, to be. And those well, it's states, just the blackouts are just—it's insane. The blackouts. Are you're ridiculous. talking about a
3: different state, and like you said, the the Oakland is hundreds of miles
2: away from it. From it made, Vegas. No, it sense. Makes it no, made no, no sense. It made absolutely no sense. But anyway, two of three. Got to love that. That's a good team. Uh, that's probably going to be a wild card team, if not the division leader. Houston's on a tear right now, but Houston, Oakland are the two teams that are most likely if things trend this way, coming out of the West. So that's a good team. That's just a, they've, they've been a good team for a long time. The Yankees taking two of three you know, with a miraculous triple play. I'll take it. It's a good thing. I love it.
3: I, I was going to ask you, would you get some enjoyment out of the Oakland A's having success in the playoffs this year now that Billy Bean
2: is no longer the general manager? No, 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 not at all. That was not the only reason I don't want the, the Oakland A's to win. I mean, there's plenty of reasons. Billy Do you being dislike being Oakland?
3: with well, the Yankees have never had a problem with Oakland. They've always beat them in the playoffs. Like I have no
2: issues with the Oakland A's. They're not a team that I hate. No, I don't hate the Oakland A's. Don't, I'm not. I'm not going there. But we've also traded them a bunch of players, and one of them actually just put up a W against us on Saturday. So there are reasons for me to not want them to succeed against us because it a, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. And when Caprellian's out there, I think he struck out seven or eight, just mowing down people. You're like, hmm. That's not going to be good. And he's had a good season. He's he,
3: I talked about it with Luke on the Friday fives. He, he had like a a sub uh, sub three ERA and like mm-hmm. his last something amount of starts or whatever. So that prospect, he was the Yankees number one pitching prospect when they At traded the him to Oakland and he had arm issues. That's one of the reasons why they traded a minute. I mean, I'm not going to rehash the Sonny Gray trade because we've done it a million times but we said at the time like this could work out well for Oakland they're getting three pl- three good three good Yankees prospects and two of them have not
2: materialized and it looks like Caprillian is the one that's materializing well even Mateo is he's playing he's with San Francisco now but he's he's playing or San, Di- uh, San Diego he's with San Diego and he's he's playing a role on that team Caprillian the, the reason I was completely fine with it is because Caprillian was he look i don't expect him to have long long uh spurts in the major leagues without injury just the way that he throws unless he's changes mechanics, short arm, he short arms the ball he it was like a, almost shot putting the ball so you know he may he may have changed his mechanics to a point that's that's helped him stay on the field I hope he has because the way that he was coming up I mean he was the the next mark prior in the sense that with that inverted w like it was a lot of torque on the shoulder and on his elbow and it just it just didn't look good and they were he was battling for a long time to get back up so good for him I'm I'm really I'm happy for the kid uh, I'm happy for him. He's a San Francisco or a San Diego guy. Remember the, they were uh, him and, and Tyler Wade were bunking up when they were down there. The two, the two um, so, SoCal guys, I'm happy for him. I really am. I, I hope he could stay in the majors and stay and stay healthy could because he, he certainly had the talent, um, but I'm glad the Yankees took the other games. He was, they showed it on the broadcast. When do you remember the, in
3: 2017 when the Yankees were in Anaheim or I think it was in June, and Judge hit a uh, a go ahead home run in like late in the game and Caprelian was standing behind the plate in Anaheim cuz he was a he was a just a prospect at the time but he's a SoCal guy and I think he was on his rehab that's why he yeah. was he was there and he puts his arm up when Judge hits the home run and they showed that on the broadcast uh sort of those I do remember I remember for, that road trip too that was the road trip that. that that Chris Carter put his eyes closed and dropped the ball at first base. And that was like the final straw for us. But that was the road trip that I think had us start to believe in that team because they were on, it was like a long West coast road trip and they actually played well. And we were like, ah, oh, let's see how they play when they go out West. And now I'm kind of the opposite with this team. I'm kind of, I don't care how they play against non AL East teams at this point. Cause they've been so bad against AL East teams. That's why the sweep of Toronto was huge. And that's why the upcoming weekend series against Boston is going to be so big. Because the Yankees have put themselves in a position with with struggling up until this point in the season where they have to win all these AL East games because you have to jump over these teams if you're going to make the playoffs. So it's great that they took two out of three from a good team in Oakland, and they have played well against some other non-AL East teams, but I'm just kind of focused on these division games at this point. Because yeah, but at the
2: same time, that's, that's you what you see, have to win. When you see Tampa dropping six in a row, you better damn well take care of business while that's happening as well. And And that's what they did. So- they, I know I mean, uh, this past but, week has been um, so good for the Yankees. One, if you look at the standings compared to where where they were, um, you know, after the Phillies, it's night and day. It's like what what happened here? A big week. I should go to more. I should go into the the Vegas hole more often. I should go into the abyss more often. Really good things happened. Yeah. So the I mean, coming back from uh, playing Toronto, um, sweeping that series, making uh, these comebacks, uh, also in Toronto and in Oakland. I talked about last uh, when they lost that first game to the Phillies. And if you remember, I was looking for bright things. I was looking for positivity coming from that in some capacity. And I, I, the, the one thing I circled was these guys did come back. They fought back. And weeks ago, we would not have seen this team have that type of fight. And while they did lose the game, moral victory be damned. And then lost the for, next day like 7-0. They nothing. lost the next day. But looking for just looking for some positivity, looking for some energy and like things you could take out. And the team did fight back. And what do we see this entire week? Team fought back. Team came back a lot in of comebacks. games. A lot of comebacks. So, you know, I I I believe when you can see these small signs of a team and see the way that they're going. And while it didn't result in a victory on that day, I do believe there was a mentality shift. Like, okay, we can do this. We can come back. We can fight back in these games. And they did it against Toronto. And they did it against Oakland. And they came out with a, a season, or I'm sorry, a series sweep. And then a series win. That's five of six since that that Philly set. So you could look back at that and say something changed. Something clicked with uh, you know with their mentality, and and now backs against the wall. Gotta uh, gotta gotta play well, and that's what's happened.
3: Do you think though that something has changed in this team because we've been fooled with this this set of players before this season we've been fooled, and then they've reverted. So do you think these comebacks are indicative of the the fact that the team? Is starting to rebound and on the upswing, or are some of these comebacks a little fluky, sort of like triple plays? And that even though they did come back yesterday, they had a chance to put a couple insurance runs on the board, and once again they failed to get a runner in from third with less than two outs. So how how are you? You know how I'm looking at it. I'm still seeing like this: the team, the problems that existed on this team last Monday, I think still exist on this team. Is it good that they have gone five and one while Tampa has gone zero and six? Of course it's good. It potentially saves their season, but or prolongs the inevitable, however you want to look at it. But has something actually changed, or are we just looking at a slight reversion, and then we're going to be back where we were in mid-July with the team still hovering around 500 because the same issues exist?
2: I mean, at some point, we... We definitely have acknowledged this. The offense is going to click. The offense in the regular season is going to be much much improved. Going to look better. It and can't get much worse. It was well, twenty seven on the thirtieth. And but 30th. because of that, because of the firepower that they have on this team, they're going to hit at some point, and they're going to the numbers will probably look close to where they should at the end of the year. A lot, of, a lot of that happens. But when you look in those micro, those 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 small silos of of the bad times, it's hard to see how they can come out of that. And then yes, I understand how some people are like, okay, not gonna be not gonna be tricked by fool's gold. But I saw a lot of base hits. I saw a lot of, you know, the the home run ball was there, but they're also, you know, hitting gaps. They're they're extending innings on the base paths. Like they're actually doing some of the right things offensively. When I see that, when I see the offensive side of the ball actually uh, you know, doing the right things and it's not only coming from the home run, that gives me more hope. That gives me the the thought that, you know, the the approach has has changed a bit in the sense that these guys are just trying to get bad on ball, make things happen. You, you put the ball in play, good things will happen. Um, that's what we're seeing. I, I, do, I do think that they, they are making adjustments as we're, as we're playing here. It's the matter of when this team hits ahead with the pitching and the offense and, and where they level out. But right now, the offense is is in a good spot.
3: I think it's ironic that the player who has sort of been at the forefront of this mini turnaround has been Gary Sanchez, who in his last 20 games is hitting 339 with six homers, 12 RBIs, and over a 1,000 OPS. And I find it ironic because Gary Sanchez is kind of a microcosm for what this team is, right? because Gary Sanchez in spurts can look so unbelievably good. He can look like the all-star caliber catcher that we all know he has the talent to be. And then at times, he looks completely lost. He's doing stupid things at the field. He can't, he can't, even come close to making contact. He looks terrible behind the plate. And that's sort of how the team has looked at times. So I kind of am using Gary Sanchez as like, and the Yankees, they're kind of one and the same here. It's like, are you, are we buying this resurgence from Gary Sanchez? Are we buying this turnaround from the Yankees team? Or are we going to be sitting here with Gary Sanchez and the Yankees a little in three weeks from now being like, ah, we were duped once again.
2: No, I I love the fact that he's playing well again. I think one of the biggest things that we talked about forever was with Gary Sanchez is where he's at between the ears. Is he in a in a good place? Is he confident in how he feels that he's playing? And when he gets to that spot, when he starts seeing the ball well at the plate, the guy, you know, we we've seen the prolific uh, ability that he has behind the or while hitting, and I think everything starts with his confidence. It, It seems like he's in a really good spot. So yeah. I think that he's an engine. Not only you're you're kind of using him as like a microcosm of what this team is. Yeah, I'm saying that when Gary's going well, people feed off of that. I think people feed off of oh, your catcher he's going the catalyst? well. You're goddamn right. When that guy's going well, so you're looking The catalyst stands off catalyst. Well, no, because I think there's there's some expectations there. But if Gary's going well again, we're like we know what he can be. The guy was Babe Ruth at his best, and at his worst, he was insert player here. When he's going well, everybody else around him, we got to take advantage of this. We, if Gary's going well, all of us got to go, and now we see some offensive output. But yeah, he's hitting fired third. up, man. He's playing well. He's back good hitting third, and the Yankees have been for If he's hitting third, that, that's a very good sign for this Yankees team. Well, sure. And, if and he's, he's got hitting got third it. for a reason, if he's hitting third, <laughs> hold on, let me, let me rephrase that. If he's hitting third based on the numbers that he's putting up, and it's showing that he should be batting third. Not
3: We've seen roof net or door hit. Third for this game, right, So that, it's not, hence my, it's uh, not always indicative let me of something. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> but for the season, he's got an 820 OPS. We've all signed up for an 820 OPS in June for Gary Sanchez on the season. So yeah, I know the the 20 games are are looking great, but even for the season, he's got respectable numbers.
2: Right, and, and you know I think that's what we've seen with him. Even when when the eye test is telling you that Gary Sanchez is not doing well, the production numbers seemingly are there that he. He does enough in these other, these other opportunities the home the runs production production are there. numbers have been there.
3: Yes. The home runs. Are, but we even talked about, and I, I, I know I talked about this with Rella, but you and I talked about this. The at-bats from Gary Sanchez in the first month of the season, even though the numbers were not there, the at-bats looked better. Whereas last year, yeah, he had like, I think he had 10 home runs in the shortened season. But if he wasn't hitting a home run, it was a non-competitive at-bat. It was just completely embarrassing to look at and and that's not what we've seen this year. so I, the numbers I think are starting to catch up to what the eyes were, what my eyes were telling me watching him at the plate.
2: Yeah, I mean, I but I acknowledge that early in the season when you were talking about it 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 did not look like uh the Gary Sanchez of of last year. it just didn't look like the same guy. He had a better approach, not flailing at pitches. Um, but it's clicking for him right now, so I'm gonna live in the moment and love it. Now the question is. When's he going to start catching Garrett Cole? Well, that's your question. I think that's that's your question. It's got to happen. It's got to happen this week. If you if you have a guy going like this, you you need to do it asap. You got to set a precedent. You got to set the the tone, understanding that you're not taking this guy out of the lineup with the way that he's hitting, and that Garrett Cole uh, Higgy's relationship. Well, you respect it. They have a good working relationship. Great, fine. You need to be able to work with the other guy, considering this guy is, this is exactly the moment, exactly the time when you can't take Gary Sanchez out. You need to work it, you need to work, yes, he's going to need an off day, but switch it up so that they can begin to build this cadence, begin to build this relationship so that later in the season, it does not become an issue when all of a sudden Garrett Coles, you need to win the game and you have a tough left-handed pitcher coming up and you need Gary Sanchez in the lineup. You can't have that be a problem, and you can't have him sitting. Yeah, and, and you he, can't have him. You can't have him at DH as a as a workaround for that either. He should be in the lineup. Well, because then you have you to now, take
3: Stanton out, or, or exactly, and, and you have also to take
2: another guy out who should be in the lineup as
3: well. It's just not smart to DH your catcher when you've got when you've got because then you only have two catchers. And then if one guy goes down, it's just it's just not smart. It's it, it's just asking for a, a disaster to happen. Yeah, Terran Boone. That was not even an Aaron Boone thing, though. That's any manager knows not to do that. I'm just saying, <laughs> unless a, you're carrying yeah. three catchers,
2: what's Eric Kratz doing these days? I know he's like well, the well, towards podcast, the end of the season. Towards the end of the season, that's probably what's going to happen. You'll 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 see three catchers on there so that Gary can get some at bats on uh, on days where he's not catching. So it would not surprise me if at the end of the season that that's happening. But again, this all of this is about the whole personal catcher situation. Is all about for me, for me at least. Not being, not having to sit a guy because there's no relationship, there's no working history when you come to the end of the season at, at the moments that matter the absolute most. If you don't have the ability to play who, who needs to play, then that's a problem. And, and that is something that's avoidable.
3: Also, with the way this season is looking, it looks like they're going to be playing a one-game playoff with Garrett Cole on the mound. I want Gary Sanchez, his bat in the lineup. I don't want to... Piggy's bat in the lineup
2: on that one. game. No, figure it out. Figure out the reason why. Just figure it out. You <laughs> got to have out. that. If he's going well, of course you need that bat in the lineup. So, it's it's really it's really just plain and simple. It's very very easy. So you buy in the resurgence.
3: It sounds like you're buying the resurgence. I
2: game. am when I when I see them go and and take three from Toronto, and then and then a triple play to come out of uh, the Oakland series to win two of three. I'm believing. I'm loving it. No,
3: I'm not talking about the team. I'm talking about Gary specifically.
2: Because this is the best Gary Sanchez has
3: looked. This is exactly what
2: I said. Okay. As Gary goes, this team goes.
3: This is the best Gary Sanchez has looked for this amount of time since 2017. It's been about 120 plate appearances that he's looked really good. I know that's not a massive sample, but it's also not tiny. you got over 100 plate appearances. You've got almost a month of baseball that he's been... Their best offensive player, and Judge uh, went through a little bit of a mini a mini slump. Um, And Gary Sanchez looking much better now. Yeah, but Gary Sanchez is the one who really picked it up, and he had the go ahead double to right center field on Sunday. Like, like this is the everything
2: about his approach at the the plate right now. That was like 2017. That was one of the things that we had called out early in the season when you see Gary Sanchez hitting hitting uh, singles to right field even if you're not seeing the numbers you know where they need to be you could tell that his approach is just different like those are the things i remember tweeting it out in in probably may when we saw there was an at bat where he he took a ball went to the right side base hit like that that is exactly the the thing that this guy should be doing when he's when he's hitting the ball the opposite way and with power he's going he's right that he is in the right spot so so yeah that's a that's a really positive thing for the way that he's swinging
0: the bat
1: Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash That's harrys.com slash for a $3 trial set.
3: So we already talked about how Chapman got a little lucky. And after the game, apparently they said he's dealing with a fingernail issue. And the reason that Zach Britton was not in the game on Sunday was because he's feeling soreness from basically just ramping back up. But they don't seem to be worried about that. That put the onus on Lucas Lickie to get a massive out. Of Olsen who's been who was killing them all series and been one of Oakland's best players lefty on lefty and he he got the big out on him and I compare Licky to what Peralta has not been giving the Yankees recently. Uh, we have some numbers here on on Wandi Peralta. It's it's pretty ugly. His ZRA is up to 532 and his whip is over uh is almost 1.4. So at this point Peralta you got mop up duty Licky. You get a little bit more trust.
2: Well, I mean, licky has been phenomenal all year. I think he's thrown to a two five seven ERA now. I mean, he's been he's clearly been a Boone guy. He's a trusted guy that Boone wants to put in big situations. And when there's a big lefty matchup, he's going in and 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 going to pitch. He pitched that. that I mean, the at bat to Olsen with the uh, it was a it was a battle. Olson was definitely battling, and then threw him. I think it was a change to strike him out. It was it was a it was a huge at bat runner on third base and he came in and locked it up. So he's got a ton of trust. The the bullpen seemingly, you know, starting to pitch well. Again, they need this bullpen to pitch well. They need Britain to be back. The soreness that Britain has. Did we hear the anything more about the soreness? It's just general fatigue, soreness from him coming back. Zach Britain. That would seem about right. The
3: quote was Britain dealing with soreness. Boone likens it to spring training ramp up
2: with him coming. Uh, That's what you, I mean, if that, if you're hearing about soreness of Britain, that's what you're hoping for is just like general soreness, him ramping back up for, for baseball activities and such that will, that will go away over time. And and hopefully nothing is, you know, flares up and there's no other issues with, uh, with his arm, but having another lefty in there that you trust to, to, um, to go in 34 year old, uh, guy who hadn't pitched in the majors in five years. Love that. Love that. Great story. Uh, Yankee fans love that. Boone obviously, uh, you know, has trust in the guy, and he's been delivering. So, um, I'm I'm glad to see that you know they threw some shit at the wall with another lefty, Wandy Peralta, by sending out your outfielder. That you, how do you think
3: Cashman's liking that that Talkman trade now? Because he 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 bragged a little bit about the the Talkman trade, saying it was to Joe's McFly when he asked him in the in the suite. He's like. What do you why do you regret trading Mike Talkman? This was after all the Yankees injuries. He's like, well, have you seen Wandy Peralta pitch? Yeah, I've seen Wandy Peralta pitch. It's yeah, not, we've all seen Wandy
2: Peralta pitch for years. So it's, we know what he is. No, it's 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 still a bad trade. Will always be a weird bad trade just because of the roster situation, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, look, when when I when I have another guy coming in here throwing uh, and, and trusted as that that lefty specialist, if you will, to come in at a, in a big in a big spot. And to get a guy because he that's what he is, right? He's more of a he is more of a specialist, whereas you have you have Britain who's going to be locked into the eighth inning when everything is right. Britain and Chapman are their inning guys. They've
3: got Britton. an inning and they they so and 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 I don't even think of either of them as lefties because I think of a lefty out of the bullpen. You need to bring him in to face a lefty to Britton. put him in the right position to succeed. That's not Zach Britton. That's not a role Chapman. They face who they face no matter what. Whereas Licky, let's get him in the right situation. Are, are we facing two lefties this inning? Okay, let's use Licky. Oh, a couple of right-handers this inning. Let's use Chad Green. So they really have one lefty in the bullpen. And then they have
2: Zach Britton and Earl's Chapman. Those are the eighth and ninth inning guys. And, and that's where you need him to shine. And when you see him coming in, striking out one of, the, one of Oakland's best hitters, a Yankee killer with a guy on third in a tight game, that's all you can ask for. That's exactly what you need and he's been delivering. So,
3: also because Boone is not going to use Britton like you would normally use a lefty out of the bullpen, meaning if there's a big out to get in the 6th inning with Matt Olson at the plate and a guy on third base, he's not bringing Zach Britton in. No, he's not. You need that other trusted lefty so to be able to get out of that. Effectively, that's not a lefty out of the bullpen. Cause you're not going to use them in right, those right. situations. No, I mean,
2: in the, when you depending on the situation, obviously you're in the playoffs and you're in a in a moment where you need to get it. That 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 changes probably. It depends on what you need. If I, if there's a big lefty up in a, a huge situation in the sixth inning and this is a playoff situation, and I need a ground ball, probably bringing in. I'm probably bringing in Britain at that point to get that that ground ball against the lefty. It depends what you need. It depends what you need. It depends on the moment. But the fact is, you could trust him as that lefty if you needed to. But now you also have a guy that you don't need to go to Britain. You can bring in somebody else in a big spot, you know, the the Mike Myers type role that that made so um, that that really started a trend across the league as that lefty specialist guy.
3: No, oh,
2: Graham Lloyd. Yeah, to kick it back
3: before if you
2: could go further back. That's sure. I'm
3: sure, sure. you can go further back. It's people listening who watch baseball in the '70s and the '80s yelling at us. But well, a reason the bullpen has had to get a lot more workload is because like some of the pitchers are not going as deep into games. Domingo Herman being one of them. He had been on a stretch where he was throwing six plus innings, like every every start, and we even noticed it. We're like, wow, they're really letting their their DC AB. So you got you got. Uh, why didn't I just use the numbers? They're letting their three, four, five guys go
2: deeper into these games. Garrett, let's overcomplicate Cole. this and add another system to it's the way like, that they identify their pitching staff. <laughs> it's like as, a uh, one, as the number one starter or a five starter. Let's let's, <laughs> let's change this. Let's go Roman numerals. <laughs> let's just get really fucking confusing. <laughs> it's like oh Malone when Buzz A to D uh, when yeah. he's listing off the reasons. Garrett has been in Vegas for a week. Let's just throw some random shit at him. There's a color s- system changing now. The yeah, you know that. <laughs> It's red and green and blue. <laughs>
3: So their purple starter, they were letting him go <laughs> deeper into games, and it was it was surprising. But now, over his last five games, he's only averaged four, uh under five innings a start, and that's just putting more pressure. He's given up seven home runs in five starts. So Domingo Hermann has kind of come back down to earth a little bit, and uh, he had been on such a good run. So it's one of these things like we were kind of all expecting it.
2: Well, also we yeah we've we've seen Hermann be really good in you know, months to two-month spurts. Like, he's been, he's been that guy. But this is also a guy, you know, just hasn't had a ton of workload in, in a long time. So I'm sure there's some, there's some fatigue here where he's got to almost hit another gear to get into uh, the rest of the season. So, you know, would it, would it surprise you if we saw tired arm, 10-day 10, 10, 10 IL stint for Domingo Herman so that he could get his body going again, just nice, rest, rest the arm, and then see where they land. We're not surprised. Nothing me. would surprise me. Tired arm, point. tired arm is is like the easiest thing for a pitcher because the dead arm is the dead arm. 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 What? Yeah, dead arm. What are you going to do? There's nothing to see. <laughs> There's nothing to see. Well,
3: dead that arm. was always the I joke. Was that was always the joke when a starting pitcher was struggling. It's like, oh, he's got a dead arm. He's going to miss two starts. And it's just like yeah. a mental reset. Yeah, it was. It was, it was, cl- it was classic in the mid
2: 2000s. And the fact that the fact that they could, you know. Go for, uh a, well, let me ask you a question. Do you think that any of the sticky ball stuff has something to do with Domingo Herman's struggles? Specifically Domingo Herman? Yeah, I mean, it's, you it's could difficult. probably go around the pr- league yeah, and yeah, say probably. this guy, that guy, this guy, that guy, this guy. I don't think it's and a
3: this guy, that guy. I think in general, offense has been up the last couple of weeks and it's it directly has. correlated. To, yeah, it's direct runs per game are up since the sticky stuff has been uh talked about. So it's right. like a direct correlation to why I know. So, but do you I'm want to say this guy, that guy? The
2: no, you could go around I the don't league know. and identify who you who you think was affected by it's this. Cheap, I,
3: I think everyone's getting affected because I think we learned the more we learned about the sticky stuff is that it was it was throughout, throughout. the league. It wasn't isolated to one one or a few guys. Right. It was the entire league using some form of sticky substances. Maybe some guys just preferred. The rosin and sunscreen or the pine tar and sunscreen like Tyler Glass now lied about. Or maybe some guys were using the Trevor Bauer stuff that was sticking to the palm of his hand that he posted on Instagram. Like, I I don't I don't know what they were using, but they were all using something.
2: Yeah. So we'll see. There's a there's going to be a uh, it's it's now the pitcher's turn to figure it out in the middle of the season. I, I didn't get to talk about. The glass now coming out from last week. I feel like I still have uh, I still have things to say. Do you want to? Do you want well. Okay, here's well, your it's just, I think that when you're when you're going back and I was I was listening to the interviews uh, and and you know you see the headlines and what he said you're like oh come on like what are you doing but then when you you go back go back and listen to the entire interview and listen to the context of of everything and not just you know what the headlines grab from that he's I, I don't think he's necessarily blaming it he's just using. He's telling you the whole situation and what happened. And then the fact is, is that he, he, it snapped after he stopped using it. I mean, like things were changed. I understand to a point. I mean, the, the, the crux of the situation is, is that uh, this happened because I can't use sticky stuff. No, that's not really what he was saying. He was saying I had to change my grip and some of the way that I was pitching because I wasn't, and because of that, I had fatigue and then, and then all of a sudden it went so endo facto, you know. There was a my my now my elbow is now shattered for uh because the sticky stuff was not you know uh, given, I was not able to use it. So I I understand what they're saying. They've been able to use this for however long, whatever substance he was talking about, uh, rosin and and sunscreen. Uh, bullfrog sunscreen, which has been used forever, forever. And the fact that they give you a rosin bag out there, I mean, this is the whole clay, clay Buckholtz thing, putting it in his hair. Lathering it all over his body. The rosin's already out there, so they just do a little mixture and then like rub their hands. And now you have that. Now you have it. You're good, and and you can get a, a better grip on the ball. You can you can you feel it with your fingers a little bit more. And the reason they're complaining about it is because the balls come out so slick. There's never been a problem with guys scuffing a ball up a little bit. They want a new ball. They they like it. They don't want like when the umpires are changing him in and out because when you get a new ball, it is slick. I understand that. There's there's a working of the ball. So that you can get to uh, to a comfort point, it's when you start adding those other elements. Um, but I understand what they're saying. I do because it's been fine. Everybody's been it's been accepted for so long. Well, oh, there's two.
3: I hate the argument that that this is when people say this has been around forever. No, no, no. The spider tech has not been around forever.
2: That, it's not spider tech. Is just one of the things that's coming out though. Okay, it. but there, it's, there are plenty it, okay, of guys who are just tech. using the bullfrog and the rosin, and now I don't, even I don't that. Think so.
3: I don't think so you don't I think, think so? yes bullfrog and rosin and pine tar have been use has been around forever and we've never had a problem so why are we having a problem now it's because they weren't just using bullfrog and rosin No, i understand that a lot They're of guys were not
2: yes of course
3: something else and tyler glass now whether you believe him or not or garrett cole or domingo herman whoever you want to say i mean garrett cole flat out said that he used it right so i don't now I I don't see a pitcher I don't believe Tyler Glass now
2: that he only used the bullfrog and rosin I don't I don't believe him when I when I was watching him talk about it it just it's either way whether you were or you were not what whether you believe them or you don't act act like they were telling the truth for a second here and if it was just that they can't use even that anymore so well that and there, that's that's a, why it's a that's why it's becoming, and that's why you see league wide more spread because not I, I don't know what percentage of guys are using something like spider tech or you know something that gives you that 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 type of grip or how many other guys were just using enough to get a little bit of a grip on the ball so that it's they can control it and it's not this slick baseball i don't i don't know what the percentage of the extreme users the guys who were taking advantage of it and then the guys who were just like living within the parameters of what's been okay for a long time those are two different stories for me i asked but the reason why you have the extreme why we have the 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 you know, how baseball came down on this is because of the extreme. That's what always happens. It's the guys that take it to the next limit. The guys that 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 you know. Well, that's always keep the problem. Those
3: are always the, yeah. and and that's always going to. So that's what I talked with Jeff Blum and David Tuttle about, <laughs> two former players. And they their argument was baseball always has this problem. They need to just create a substance that is legal for pitchers to use. And thank you. But my answer to them was. Why do you trust that players won't push that envelope? Because they push every envelope. They'll always push. So every we're just going to no
2: matter what. So we're just going to be back here to square one. But no, what this is is at least that that would be baseball saying, okay, we acknowledge, we understand you, empathy, empathy first. But what good empathy does that first? Do? What good Give does empathy, that do? This is, this is like the uh, the 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 sales approach for every winning salesperson: empathy first, overcome the barrier, and then you you're giving them something that is is a compromise. So. You think that what you do is you cut down. You're trying to say, okay, you guys are using that. We're not going to give you that because that's way too big of an advantage, entirely too much advantage. But I hear you that the baseballs are slick when they come out because they are. Forever people have been scuffing them up, making sure there's dirt on them. You do it in Little League. Spit on your hand. You do what you can to get a big grip on the ball. That's not just major leaguers. That's baseball everywhere, forever, always. And even when you're in the field, you know, playing softball, I'm spitting on my glove to get a little bit of tackiness because when you have dirt and, and slick leather, that shit is slippery. It gets slippery. So you're making a compromise understanding that this is the nature of what it is. You play in dirt and that's leather combined, slick, slippery, slippery stuff. Nobody wants to get drilled in the head with a hundred mile fastball if you can't get a grip. So you compromise, you make a substance that is workable and you police it from there. And that's what you can do. You at least are finding a middle ground so that hopefully some of these guys that go to the extremes, now they understand there's something that I'm able to use that allows me to get a grip. Maybe it's not as much of a grip as what I would normally use, but at least there's something there. There's a compromise. Now you have harsh, harsh penalties for people that go above and beyond and, and take advantage of it. You can police this.
3: What if they just go to the root of the problem, which is the baseballs themselves made by Rawlings owned by Major League Baseball. Why don't they just make the baseballs less slippery to start?
2: Because then you're messing with all sorts of aerodynamics and the new. They've uh, messed the with absorption. this sort of shit. I know, but you're doing well, it uh, again. You're doing it again. You're doing it even more. I, I don't know what are you going to use when you when you have a baseball a uh, 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 a an object like this that goes into dirt. If it's too sticky, you're going to get dirt all over the goddamn thing. Well,
3: that's what's been happening, and then we've they've actually said pieces of grass affected defense too have stuck to the baseball when they've it slows really it been down using the, the six affects the but defensive okay, metrics. So three throw defensive
2: metrics out the window now. Completely? Baseball, baseball. the range of guys. Can we throw that out? Why was why was slick you're picking the ball up a and a it looks like the uh, Trey Young lollipop meme that goes around with the hair blah, uh, on Twitter. That's what the baseball looks like. You got <laughs> hair on it, like all sorts of disgusting <laughs> stuff. It's just nasty. It's like when something, if if a lollipop
3: falls between like your seat and the center yeah, console yeah. on a car, it's, like whatever you pull out of there. I know,
2: I know, be, you don't follow baseball gross. or basketball as much on, but that there's a Twitter meme of Trey Young. It's just a blow-pop with, like, looks like pubes oh, yeah, on it. It's, it's disgusting. It is, yeah, <laughs> It's pretty funny, though. It's all I no, see but, now.
3: So baseball, the slick baseballs, that issue, while maybe it's been around forever, the degree to which it's been a problem has increased in recent years as Major League Baseball and Rawlings have messed with the aerodynamics and the seam height and all that stuff. So sure. what if they get to the root of the problem and say, how, we, how were baseballs being made in 2006? How were they being made in 2012? How were they being made in 2014? Let's get back to those. Because those They were
2: using the sticky shit back then too. But they weren't. They were Use using the rods. They were using the rods. But no, we didn't have this issue too. though. We didn't have they were using maple race. syrup. They probably had a maple syrup concoction and, and were able to get as sticky as possible. Look, they, they were probably doing it then too. But not to this degree. Little, I don't think the it ball was this degree. maple syrup and see what happens. I'm sure I don't think it do. was
3: to this degree though. It couldn't
2: have been to that this we degree. We didn't we didn't know about it. We didn't have the cameras we don't have the like, that. The views. Well, ignorance we is also bliss. don't have the digital they didn't have the digital technology that they do now where we could zoom in everybody on Twitter is seeing a guy go to his glove or go to his hand or do something else like But the spin didn't rate, exist. the measurable spin rate. They didn't have a measurable spin rate in 1995. No, I'm saying
3: since we've had measurable spin rate it's increased every year and that's and not natural that,
2: you're right but is that a coincidence no it's because now that they can measure it they can adjust it to get it even higher it comes along with being able to measure it once you can I, measure something now you can get down to the most precise and now you can experiment into how to change it so do we have to send baseball do, back do to the stone age
3: just take technology completely out of it don't let no. them use and you adjust to what is they...
2: allowable that's they did it with pine tar and bats they did it with gloves and grips They've they've made these adjustments with the with the bats as well. Why not just do it and allow the pitchers to do some semblance of this so that there's some safety in there and we're coming to a compromise. I see no problem with that. And I and I do see that will be the solution. I think that's exactly where they will go with this. Not this. In the collective bargaining yeah. agreement, I guarantee this will be something and and one of baseball's concessions will okay. We will make a substance that allows the pitchers to use so that everybody is good because even the batters are fine with them being able to control the ball better. Uh, uh, Maybe this is a piece of that.
0: Just
2: uh, like, Hey, let's take it away so that we can give it back in the CBA.
3: The Bleacher Blums guys have had a conspiracy theory that baseball is doing this to get the pitchers and the hitters in opposition of one other. another leading into the next CBA.
2: It's possible. I, I've seen that too. I've seen that out there. It's Look, man, I wouldn't be surprised if there were some tactics happening anyway, but it is something that they're taking away right now. They're adding suspensions for guys that are doing it that all they have to do is come up with this. You know what, guys? Okay, we're going to partner with SpiderTech and, and uh, Bullfrog, and we're going to come up with the solution. And no, you're not going to be able to stick a ball to your hand, but you're going to have a much better grip, and it's going to work in the heat. It's going to work in the cold. It's going to work in all these moments, and, and they will give them the statistics of injuries with guys getting hit by balls and you know, pitchers being, uh, af- being uh, affected positively by it, batters being affected positively of it. And and they will add that to the CBA.
3: It just amazes me that every year we have something other than just baseball to talk about. It's just like video replay, the cheating scandal. This the, started with the Glassdown, now, the Glassdown comments. It's
2: like I f- I feel bad for Tyler Glassdown because I don't ever one, I don't ever want to see a guy go down to injury, right? That's just it's just not not what you want to see in uh, in any sport. Even if it's your rival and, and Tyler Glass, the guy's a good pitcher. I Want to see him pitch? Want the Yankees to to if they're going to beat them, beat them at the highest competitor. He is, I guess, could come back, rehab this thing, rested enough to potentially come yeah, back. He's to not going to get.
3: He's not getting surgery yeah. to
2: start. So, um, but I do feel for him. I do. I, I the the when you hear the fit, the logic of what he said, he had to do, and like listening to be very detailed about that, it was very interesting to me hearing the the things that he you know t- tightening the just the tension. You could feel it in your elbow. I can feel it in my elbow when I do that. I can feel it when you adjust tension. Listen, I do. I am not saying
3: that his him not being able to use sticky substances. I agree. He probably injured himself because he had to do something different on the mound
2: in that start. Like that totally makes Two starts. sense. It was me. the start before it where he said he felt it against the Nationals. He said he felt it then, and then in this one, it just like it was like it. Everything got a little tired in different ways. And then all of a sudden, something felt just like drastically wrong. It's just
3: the, my problem with it was that he came off very bitter and very... And and I just believe, he, he, was. Li- he, was I believe he lied about the whole thing being what he used and how it's unfair. Yeah, I mean, it's to like, be
2: fair, when I was watching it, it, it seemed like he was being pretty open and contrite about a lot of the stuff. And it was just kind of riffing. So it looked like man. he was just kind of like uh, sitting down with a therapy session and just kind of going off why it was frustrating. He was frustrated. And usually in frustration, you're just, you're venting at that point. It's hard to be so calculated. Okay. We're going to
3: wrap up today's episode with two mailbag questions. The first one is from Jake Steele. Hey guys, some questions for you. Number one, if the season doesn't turn around and Cashman sells at the deadline, would it be like 2016 getting MLB ready uh, slash close players or something unprecedented in recent Yankees history? Number two, who would the untouchables and non-negotiables be? Cole, Stanton, and Torres stand out to me. In that case, would everyone else be on the table? Number three, on a related note, how could 2022 be a better year if the Yankees sell? Obviously, there's still time to turn it around this season, but it's not looking like a title winner. So this was sent, I believe, right after the Philly series before or must have been after we recorded. But um, I do not see... A sale? They can't, can't, they can't sell.
2: Okay, first of all, there, there need to be guys in position for a sale like that to happen. And I'm talking about the front office. Brian Cashman's not in a position to go out there and sell anything right now. He doesn't have job security. He just doesn't have the job security he did in 2016 when that happened. That was a different situation, different thing. Not happening. Impossible to happen. The, contra- the contracts are... They're, I still think they're going to sign judge to a long-term contract. Gary Sanchez is is going to be a very tricky situation. They probably will sign him, but we'll see what happens. Stanton's the only guy you're... To me, if Stanton was on the team or off the team, it doesn't really affect as much what this team could do. I think there's guys that could play in that spot. I I would argue that in some capacity, you could could put a, a position player that is a better fit to what they're doing in the offense. Well, that's what the the argument
3: is that Stanton's it's not his talent. That's the problem. It's, it's the fact that he can only DH and that, that, that doesn't give your roster any flexibility. Yeah,
2: yeah, There's no flexibility. And even the production that you're seeing, like, yes, he, he goes on monster tears, but at the same time, when you have a collective unit, that's just fit better. uh, I would argue it's a better team. So like a guy, like for me, like a, um, uh, like a David Peralta who, who can hit, You're going to see some production, but also can play the outfield. You know, there's a little bit more, a lot more contact. It's just a better fit. Yes, you might get, you know, 15 to 20% less production at the end of the day. But honestly, it's a better fit for the team. And I think it makes it a better, uh, the the Yankees a better unit. So I didn't answer that question. It's not happening. Stanton's probably the one that the guy that I would look at, but you're not moving that contract. So it's not happening. Well, I
3: think that's why Jake put him in the. Un, untouchables, non-negotiables. I, I, I mean, Cole, for reasons that don't need to be said, and Stan, their contracts are the reason though they're not getting traded. Well, In Cole's, addition
2: to the fact, Cole's different than Stan.
3: Cole's different than Stan. But, but, but you're not. You signed Garrett Cole to win a championship within his first three seasons of pitching for you. That's what your goal needs to re, needs to still be. It's either going to happen or it's not going to happen. There's not going to be any selling and punting down the road you're not going to be building for 2026 okay that this team is not is not capable to be built for 2026 it needs to win by the end of 2023 correct so not happening the last one from greg what's up boys i love the show i know all the talk about d juice balls and sticky stuff but do you think there's any correlation to the fact that mlb cracked down on in-game use of video replay after the 2019 season I think the offense started looking bad last year, but it was easy to just blame COVID. What do you think? And keep up the great work.
2: Well, they did have it out last year, and now it's back. Uh, JD Martinez is very happy about this. You can look at the you can look at the um, the iPads, and you can see what happened. They did take that away. But well, they took
3: it away, but they implemented things this year so you can't get live video. Right.
2: But you still are able to review what happened. And they- JD Martinez can watch his last at bat, but he can't. Last watch. year he could not.
3: If Xander Bogarts is up at the plate, he can't watch live Xander Bogarts. Right, exactly. But
2: they, but last year they took even away all of that. They took away, um, they took away. JD Martinez was not able no, no, to no. watch his last at bat
3: because they didn't allow players access to the video replay room. Now JD Martinez can go watch his at bat, right? But he can't get a live game feed, which is fine. I don't I'm care saying, if he goes yeah, to watch iPad, his last at iPad,
2: bat. You can look at this stuff now. You see Judge on an iPad. These guys are looking at what's already happened. So do you that care that they're able to do that? Like it's fine. No, that, that's just, that's the game evolving. That That's, but that is exactly what we were saying. You give guys something and they go an extra mile. They take the rest and they're like, oh, we could do this. Maybe we can get a live feed on this bitch and nobody will know, <laughs> you know, goes back to the VPN. Who do we know that has access to the dark web and could feed us? the <laughs> Who's this?
3: most likely on the Yankees to be able to like hack into the MLB servers to get like a live video feed on the iPad?
2: Most likely on the New York Yankees, I could see, yeah. or, or like, not likely to do it, but has the ability to do it. I would say um, Garrett Cole. He, he,
3: yeah, I don't know if he's tech. I don't know if he's tech savvy. I think I he's, he's tech savvy, a, but he, he a baseball he
2: would, nerd. But I, I figured, I, I think he would, uh, he would Google it and figure it out. See, like he, I, don't know, he, I don't know that you can just Google that. <laughs> I think you can. You can Google anything and figure anything out. You know what Kemp there's says a lot now? of
3: things you can do, but I don't Kemp, know
2: about that. We're watch, we're, we watch zoo shows. and Kemp There's a, an animal that pops up that we had never heard of or a new one that we didn't know the, the name of. And now, Dad, Google it. I said, what did you just say to me? <laughs> he said, Google it. I was like, I, no, I'm not Googling it. God damn it. It's like, what do you say? Where did you Doesn't learn that? Didn't you say he asks Alexa things? Yes, he does. No, he doesn't ask Alexa. He gives Alexa instructions. <laughs> he gives her orders. <laughs> so uh, yeah, to to,
3: to Greg, I don't know if that's the uh that's the reason. I think I think the sticky stuff was was a uh, massive reason why strikeouts were astronomically up in the beginning of the season. Well, I mean JD Martinez talked about this publicly,
2: that that it certainly did affect him. Look at his numbers, his numbers were complete dog shit. You he also said he like gave. He, he also said he gave up on the last season. Like literally, he was like, "I just wasn't mentally in it. I gave up." Yeah, they, they <laughs> took away my iPad. I gave up. It's like you, you don't, a, t- like you a don't take away my technology. <laughs>
3: All right, that's gonna do it. Three game series against Kansas City before heading to Fenway. Um, we'll obviously talk before that series, so we'll, we'll sort of preview the series on maybe Friday Fives. But I think that's a massive series to look forward to. Like I said, I'm, I'm eyeballing these these ALEs games more than more than these out-of-division games.
2: You have to. But again, the reason why these out-of-division games are important and just winning games in general is important is because if there is a team that's in front of you that's losing, you better damn well take advantage of that. Uh, if you're going to Tampa, have, I mean, if you're going to play 500 s- against these teams, you need to win when they lose.
3: Juan Franco is being called up. This is like a kind of an unorthodox move by Tampa. Like, they, they will usually slow play to maximize value for their prospects but they might be seeing their season starting to slip and then they're doing something in order to turn that around by calling up franco
2: i also think he's he's just uh, you he's know, just really a world player yeah number one yeah. prospect in baseball kids I, I saw this coming i was i remember doing a preview with the tampa uh, our guy in tampa and i think i'm perfect on my predictions for tampa and he was very wrong Never see Peralta this year. Never see uh, the the kid that's that's up here pitching, the prospect that came over, both both in play. Good. So, good. Premier, so you're no you're more. good at making Tampa Bay
3: Rays predictions,
2: but not very <laughs> yeah. good about making. Yankees I'm I'm a, I'm, a, I'm good at making the ones that that like come against the Yankees. Like, oh, that's something the pitch will be up for sure. Tampa Bay Rays. Oh, you get rid of X player. It doesn't matter. They're just going to plug in the next guy, which is exactly well, that's what not, they're doing.
3: I said that Mike Ford will have like a pinch hit, go ahead double against the Yankees at
2: some point this season. Probably it'll be later in the season once he learns the system. <laughs> Whatever that system is. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you guys in a few days. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes, and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it, and go Yankees.